Have you been blessed? I think a few people have. Thank you all so much. You will, uh, I think that the Lord has already moved among us today. Do you believe that God can do that? Do you think that God can put words, gospel, Jesus, glorifying, gospel-saturated lyrics, and then put the music that agrees with that? So what you saw is, man, we have a, we have a message from Jesus of life and forgiveness and cleansing. And everything is brand new. Thank you all so much. You're going to have a chance. Let's go ahead. Give the Lord praise. You're going to have a chance to be able to support their ministry. So ushers, if you are not plate ready yet, let's get that way. We're going to have ushers standing by the exits back here, both of those, and one here. Uh, So in other words, you cannot get out. We'll have you pinned in. And uh, you'll have a chance to give however the Lord would lead you to do that so that they can continue to go on the road and, uh, and lead people to Jesus. I was thinking about this day, and I put a lot of prayer um, into it. If you have your, your Bibles, will be in Acts chapter 26. If you've got to bring your Bible, there's one there on the pew. If you have a smartphone, go ahead and download the Bible app right now, and you can follow along with us that way. When I thought about the sounds of liberty being able to come to us, I said, you know, what is, what is the state of Rocky Mount Baptist Church? And Daniel told me, he said, when we walked in this morning, he says, man, you guys have made a lot of, a lot of changes, you know, here on the stage, and we have more room here. The Lord has brought us people, and for every single one of you here this morning, we are so excited that God has brought you. Amen, Rocky Mountain Baptist Church. He says, Jeff, what, 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 what do you think that the situation is? Well, I believe that God has, has moved among us. He's helped us to see life change. He's brought people from the church to go overseas and share the gospel. We just have Jerry and Regina that got back last Sunday from Costa Rica working with children down there, sponsoring children. Check this out. So that they'll be able to have what they need to go to school, to get an education, to get a job, to support a family. We've been able to see people here in Franklin County get saved. In the Bible Belt. We've seen a spirit of unity in this church that has encouraged other churches. And I have lunch with pastors. They, they say often say, Jeff, I'd like to talk to you about some things in our church. And they ask me, you know, what do you think you would do? And I hear, I hear what's going on. And often it's just, it's just downright depressing. How you have churches that fight all the time over the money, over the music, you know, over uh, whatever it may be. And how few come together for the gospel, you see. Once again, this is not our church. Right? This is not our building. Not our musical instruments. Not our budget. These are not our lives. They are from Jesus. And I believe what we've seen here is so awesome. People coming from every socioeconomic strata. I mean, we've got, we've got people and y'all know how to, y'all know how to set the table with a double fork. Okay? And the rednecks among us don't know what it's for. Just one for each hand, right? And it's so neat to see everybody come together around the gospel. I mean, we have people from the Northeast. We've got people from Virginia. We've got people. I mean, we've got, and it comes together because it's about Jesus. 
And I knew this would be a special day and the Lord has already spoken. But what I believe is the state for many of you who have come to start attending, this may be your first day, is you were like Agrippa as a king in Acts chapter 26. And if you have your Bible, in verse number 28, Agrippa said to the Apostle Paul, after Paul was explaining the gospel, he says, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? You can also translate that. Would you would you persuade me to be a Christian? Or you would almost persuade me to be a Christian in a short amount of time? In other words, I'm almost there. In other words, the Apostle Paul, let, let me just read a few verses to you here. If you want to follow along in your Bibles, beginning in verse number 19 of Acts chapter 26, the Bible says, this is Paul, Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. In other words, when God came to Saul and changed him and gave him a different name, and in verse 20, he says, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and also to the Gentiles that they should. Here's the gospel. Number one, repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I have had the help that comes from God. And so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ or Jesus must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. The Apostle Paul is in chains and he's giving a sermon. Can you imagine this morning if I had chains And every time I moved my hand, every time my torso went one way or the other, you would hear just the creak and the clatter of those chains. And he's sharing the gospel. And there are two leaders there. Number one, there was a man named Festus. Festus was kind of a rough and tumble leader. And he interrupts the sermon. We've never had that yet at Rocky Mount Baptist Church. But man, we've got police officers that come here every week. I've already got it played out of my mind. I say, officer, and I name the, the names. Would you assist this gentleman? Y'all like that? It's better than going to the ground. And he interrupts the sermon and he says, with a loud voice, verse number 24, Paul, you are out of your mind. Imagine that. I know some of you think it, but imagine that. The sermon's going forward and somebody stands up and says, you are crazy. Not the fun kind of crazy, but the psycho kind of crazy. You're nuts. In other words, this is actually in the Greek language where we get our word maniac from. Maniac. He's saying that you are, you've absolutely lost it. And notice how the apostle Paul responds there. He says in verse number 25, I am not out of my mind, most excellent or noble Festus, but I am speaking, number one, true, secondly, rational words. And then it comes to Agrippa, the more laid back, the scholar king. He was actually great grandson of Herod the Great, the one who killed all the children. When Jesus was born. This is his, his great grandson. And so he's there and he, he knows, he knows the scriptures. I mean, he knows the Bible. He knows it. And then the apostle Paul. To Festus. 
in verse 29. He says, whether long or short, I would to God that only you, that not only you, but all who hear me this day might become such as I am except for these chains. In other words, the apostle Paul is saying, I know I don't have money. I know that I don't have a huge job to where I'm bringing home all of this mad money, all of this cash, all this coin, all this bling, all this moolah. Y'all okay? I don't have everything that everybody wants, but I have Jesus and Jesus has me. So what I'm telling you, Sir King, Mr. President, Mr. Governor, Mr. Legislature, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Atop of the totem pole, whoever you may be, Paul is saying, I don't care who you are, what status you have, that I wish that you could be like me. Because I have been changed by Jesus. And Agrippa, knowing these things, he says, I'm almost, I'm almost persuaded. In other words, he's there on the edge, on the very foothold, the threshold of committing to Jesus, but it just wasn't enough. You realize that if we come to the place in our lives to where we realize who Jesus is and how much we need him, Jesus is the son of God who came and lived perfectly. He did everything that I should have done and all the things that I did that I shouldn't have. Jesus never did. Jesus lived a perfect life and he was brutally murdered on a cross where no one else had his back and he was laid in the ground. But three days later, he rose from the dead with a promise to change people's lives, all those who would place their faith and trust in him. And Agrippa said, would you really think that you could convince me in a short time to be a Christian? He said, Jeff, this is just one sermon, man. Or two sermons. Or I've been coming here a month. Do, do you really think, you've only been in my house one time, do you really think I'm that easy? I mean, you're going you're gonna to have to do more. What Agrippa is saying is that, Paul, there's no way that I can give my whole life to Jesus in this short amount of time. But here's the thing. When we truly understand what the Bible teaches, we see that we need Jesus. We see that it's something that cannot be put off. And if you're like me, sometimes it can be so easy to procrastinate, right? Like I'm going to start working on my procrastination tomorrow. Your neighbor will get it a little bit later, right? I'm going to start working on that later. I'll get saved next week. I believe with all my heart there have been so many of you, and God has so touched your spirit. And you say, I am ready to begin my new life with Jesus. I believe the gospel. I am ready to repent and turn away from my former life. I'm ready to sign up to follow Christ, but I'll do that next week. You realize that tomorrow may never come? And for some of us in here, time is short. I'm in my early 30s, but I have story after story after story of person that I've known, people that I've known, and they you have funerals. Not for senior, senior citizens, but for people younger. I know this sounds old school. Y'all all right? Okay? So we got a young pastor, you know, and all this. So we're going to, this is old school. Like back when they used to preach revivals and camp meetings and all of those things. And they used to say, you don't have tomorrow guaranteed. And some of you remember back in the day, you were sitting there, man, it was the middle of summer. You were sweating. Mosquitoes were, were flying around your head, but you knew that there was truth to the message. And somewhere from somewhere, you heard the voice that said, that's true, but wait. And people often are like Agrippa to where they say, I, 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 I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. 
You say, Jeff, why are more people not persuaded? Well, one reason would be because they love their sin too much. For some of us, we remember before Jesus changed us. It was like when we came to church and we heard the message and we said, but if I, if I commit to follow Christ, then that means that I'll have to change everything. Yes, and it's good change. C.S. Lewis gives this illustration about a kid. Imagine this. Imagine this. A kid who lived in the guts of a huge industrial city. And the best thing that the kid ever knew how to do for fun, this would be a lame life, but was to make mud pies in the alleys of that stinking area. And it's just like the mud itself. It wasn't even good mud. But then you try to explain to that child how awesome it would be to go to the beach. All my beach people, what's up? All right, represent, okay? Some of you, you... Some are like, I hate the beach. All right, just bear with me. Explaining to the child what it would be like to go to the beach and build a sandcastle and be there with the sun and the sea breeze and all of the birds and to look out and to see maybe a fin and a surfer. And then you pray for the surfer, right? All of those things. But to try to break that down for a kid who couldn't even understand that concept is like often when we hear the gospel and we say, but that means that I would have to leave my old lifestyle. Absolutely. And Jesus's life is one that's a lot harder than the one that you're living right now. Okay, straight up, honest, the Bible, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That means that if you are ready to commit to Jesus Christ today, life will really begin to get difficult. Some of you are like, Jeff, don't say that. They won't come if you say that. Just tone her down a notch, killer. Jesus. Jesus always was honest with people and told them exactly what it was. But you see, here's the awesome thing. That if you if today is your chance, your opportunity to trust Christ and to give him everything that you are, it will literally turn the guns of your life, the artillery of your life, to what you used to love that's actually killing you. Bitterness. Addictions. Self-righteousness. I'm a good person. All of those things when you come to Jesus that used to you embraced, now you turn away from. For some people, you say, Jeff, I'm I'm on that that threshold of commitment, but I'm afraid. There's shame. Because I know y'all are Baptist. And usually Baptists give what's called an invitation. An invitation is when we sing a song. And Daniel, he's going to come up in just a few minutes and do that. And in that, if I walk down, if, if, I, if I give my life to Christ and I come down in that invitation, people may think that I don't have it all together. Newsflash, you don't. And neither do I. You say, Jeff, if I, if I come down or, or if, I, if I say I'm ready to, to, to publicly profess Christ and follow through with that biblically and be baptized, man, people may look at me. I don't like being Notice, let me give you a verse from John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43. The Bible says, many of the authorities believed on him, meaning Jesus, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. So they would not be put out of the synagogue for they loved the glory of men rather than the glory or praise that comes from God. 
at the bare core of it, you may be a laid back, shy person. Here's the thing. If we put off decision for God, we're not talking about just getting a bunch of people to come forward so we can say, hey, look, what a great success. But we're talking about being willing to be counted among the followers of Jesus Christ. If you say, I'm unwilling to do that because I may stand out, you are not ready to be a follower of Jesus Christ. When you follow Jesus Christ, not only will you stand out, And among your family, you may stand out at your job. You may stand out among the people that you work out with. Following Jesus means to go against the current of the world. Jim Simbla, pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York City, he says, the question at the end of our lives is, what does God think about us? What does God think about this? So if you may be on that, that door of, of decision today, and you're worried about what other people think, that is a life of slavery. Some people are almost persuaded because they say, I'm a good person. They say, Jeff, I, I'm a good person. The Bible tells us that none of us are good. Y'all okay? None are good. And if our standard of goodness is person to person, then we'll never be able to understand why God sent Jesus. Jesus came and he died and he rose again because we couldn't be good enough. If we could be good enough, then Jesus should have just come as a life coach, right? But he didn't. He came as Savior. And some, what we've seen here at Rocky Mount Baptist, and this absolutely is so awesome. We have some people who say, Jeff, I've never really been to church that much. That's awesome that you're here. It is. I mean, that is so cool that God has brought people to Rocky Mount Baptist Church that are unchurched or de-churched. De-churched is like this. You went to VBS when you were a kid, but somewhere between 12 and 18, you just checked out. And it was like years or decades later. And Jesus came and drew you to himself. And now you've come and you've heard the word of God. But you say, Jeff, I just don't know enough. Here's here's what you need to know. You don't have to be a Bible expert to give your life to Jesus Christ. You just have to know simply the gospel. And the gospel tells us that we are sinners, that we have been separated from God, and Jesus is God's Son. He is the one that we must accept and place our faith in and turn to, and He will change us. That's what you need to know. Don't let somebody tell you or don't let the enemy tempt you to say, you don't know enough to actually be sweet, to be saved. And then some, they say, Jeff, I would, I would give my life to Christ, but you don't know me. I've messed up everything in my life. Like I, I, I've, I've had defeat after defeat after defeat. I could never hold up that standard. In fact, if I became a Christian, I would never be able to live the Christian life. That's the point. You can't Live the Christian life. I can't live the Christian life. That's why we come to Jesus and Jesus saves us and allows us to live for him. You say, Jeff, the only thing I've ever made an A in in my life is failure. And that actually starts with an F. Like you don't understand. I would mess it up. If that's you, you need to come to Jesus and experience his cleansing and his forgiveness. Because the point of being saved and born again salvation is not that God looks for all these good people, brings them together in this thing called a church. And they all wear suits and ties and they all say, oh, you're so amazing. Well, thank you. I was just thinking about how you were so amazing too. Well, thank you. I noticed it myself. No! It's a place where people come and they gather around the word of God to understand what truth truly is. And they go out and let the world know not that we're good or we're great, but that Jesus is worthy of everything that we have and everything that we are.
So if you're a person and you feel like you can't do it, that's the point. You're on base. If you, you say, I can't do it, that's the point. And then look from the brokenness and the wreckage of your life and things that you couldn't do and turn your eyes to the perfect Savior, Jesus, who is so mighty and so strong and so courageous, but yet so loving that he would reach down to people like us and be willing to change us. You see, being almost persuaded is actually a full rejection. It's actually a full rejection. And the offer of the gospel is that today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. And the Bible tells us that when when we come to God, it's because he's drawing us. It means that he's kind of like opening our eyes and opening our hearts to what we really are. And it's kind of like, okay, hold on. I lived for how many years and I never even thought of God? I never even thought of, of giving my life to him, but yet like these last few weeks, these last few months, this past year, which hasn't been very long yet, I've had all these thoughts about God and about repentance and being, being born again or, or what, I, I mean, not, I don't know what all those terms are, but there's something happening inside of me. That's because God is drawing you to himself. But if we push that away, there is what becomes a hardness, a film, over our hearts to where it's not so much that we don't want to hear God anymore, but if we keep pushing him away, it's that we're no longer able to. And Jesus, through his spirit, reaches out to us today. Whether you are a church person, especially if you're a church person, you need to ask yourself the question, has my life been changed? If there has been no change, then there's been no Christ. Today is the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Whether you don't come from whether you come from a very unchurched background, whether a lot of the, a lot of this may be new to you, today is the time that God is giving you the opportunity to step forward and be persuaded to say I'm willing and I want to become a follower of Jesus. I need to be saved. Not next week because understand this when we give the invitation here in just a few moments, if you say I want to wait, what you're actually saying to God is what two-year-olds say to us. You put your tongue on the top of your mouth and you push out with air and it sounds like this. No. And the Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes so that we don't get distracted. Stan is coming up here for the invitation. What we're going to do here is we're going to stand to our feet in just a moment. And Daniel's just going to sing a song. And when we stand, we're going to give you the opportunity to make your commitment for Christ. We're going to give you an opportunity to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, but I'm, I'm letting God know, I'm letting everybody know that today is the day that I'm ready to follow Jesus. If you know that you need Christ in your life, regardless of your amount of church involvement in the past, regardless of all of that out of the picture, but you know that today you need Jesus and you desire to live for him. Why don't in this moment you just give your life to him? Confess your sin. Tell him that you believe in him with all of your heart. That he lived, died, 
rose again from the dead. Why don't you tell him that right now? Say, God, I truly believe. I believe. Turn away in this moment. Just just tell him, say, God, I repent. I turn away from my sin, my pride, my old life, my own quote-unquote goodness. Right now, I'm giving my life to you. Please save me, Jesus. Ask him to save you. When we begin to sing, God is drawing you to himself. Don't wait for somebody else. Don't wait for the song to gear down. This is your opportunity to come forward, and I'll be standing right here in the middle towards the front to come forward and say, I'm ready to follow Jesus, and I'm letting everyone know. There are some of you that just need to pray for someone that you know who needs Jesus. Why don't you come to the front here and just kneel as a sign of humility and contrition before God and cry out for your friend, family member. There may be some of you that need to be baptized, but you have, you've put it off. You've been ashamed of Jesus. But today God has changed your heart so you're ready to follow him. Don't put it off. Just come forward. God, we pray that for every single person here that needs to make a commitment, that you would bring them, would help them not to delay. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.